0: Sports Interaction, sports Sportsbook.
1: Welcome, everybody. I'm really sorry about that. Some technical difficulties to start the show. The Leafs really did not want us to talk to talk about their loss today. <laughs> um, but welcome to Game Over Toronto. I'm your host, Rahef. I'll be joined in just a little bit by my guest today. You may know him from Twitter at underscore Nick Richard. And we'll be breaking down this unfortunate Game 2 loss for the Leafs. First, sports betting. It's on everyone's mind right now. And Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Before the game starts, live in play, or how your favorite player will perform, Canada plays at SIA. Doing it right since 1997 with the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdp. That's sportsinteraction.com sdp. 19 plus, and please remember to play responsibly. Welcome, Nick. Hi, how are you this evening? I mean, I'm doing doing as good (laughs) as I can be doing after a Leafs playoff loss. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, just about the same. Uh, They gave us a little bit of hope at the end there, thought we were going to get to talk about that uh, triumphant comeback that you hinted at on Twitter, but it wasn't meant to be.
1: No, it wasn't. That would have been brilliant. And I would have loved to talk about that. So the Leafs owe us a very sincere apology to us and <laughs> Mish Marner's grandmother.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Uh, so what did you think about that loss?
0: Um, you know, it definitely wasn't the result that we were hoping for. But I, I think that the, the Leafs did well to push back late in that game. Um. It's just something that they can maybe build on and sort of carry into game three, a little bit of momentum that they were able to salvage at the end by potting a couple of late goals. So, yeah, I think while it wasn't uh, the outcome any of us wanted, there are still some positives to take from tonight's game.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, especially because for a while there in that game, I would say way through the third, the Leafs looked pretty pretty lifeless and they had kind of taken the wind out of the sails for them. Um, so it was really good to see them with that, that push, you know, instill a little bit of hope, get the fans on their feet, although a lot of them had already left the building, it looked like, <laughs> yeah. um, which I think, you know, there are, there are some positives the Leafs can take from this game. Um, overall, I thought there was a lot of penalties as well. And I think that, yeah. that, you know, just like game one, that kind of dictated the outcome of the game a little bit. Um, I know there was a few soft calls, a couple on Simmons that you maybe didn't like. What did, what did you think of the refing in this game?
0: Well, I, I thought that the, the officiating was interesting. Um, it, it felt a little bit lopsided. I don't want to cry about the officiating too much. Uh, I think the Leafs did take some undisciplined penalties as well, especially that uh, the Kerfoot one late in the first period. I th- that's just a play that you can't make hanging on to someone flying through the neutral zone like that. Um, but when you combine the fact that the Leafs were taking some undisciplined penalties with the fact that the refs seemed to be hauling out the whistles and, and calling them for just about everything after the whistle and around the net, I just think that made it a really tough hill to climb for the Leafs.
1: Yeah, definitely. And do you think that Sheldon Keefe's comments before the series, you know, kind of hinting that it was going to be a violent series and that, you know, that was maybe something to look out for, do you think that's kind of dictated the way that refs have been calling this game, you know, in game one and in game two?
0: I think it's definitely played a part, you know, kind of got the officials ears perked up, you know, kind of looking for every little thing, I think and it was probably with the intention of things going more like they did in game one where the Leafs kind of controlled that special teams battle and special teams have been a huge part in both games to open this series and it was it went the Leafs way in game one and the script kind of got flipped in game two and the Lightning were able to make hay on the power play and while the Leafs still managed to score a late shorty I think if you give the Lightning power play that many opportunities that you're not going to shut them down all night.
1: No that's definitely definitely a tr- you know, you even saw it in game one with Stamkos kind of missing that wide open empty yeah. net on the power play. You know, they're bound to pot their their chances, especially if you give them as many opportunities as the Leafs did. So that's. I, definitely- I will
0: say that the, the Lightning didn't need the officials help getting on the power play. The, the, like I said, the Leafs took enough undisciplined penalties on their own. They probably didn't need to be getting called for all that chintzy little stuff.
1: Yeah. What would you like to see from the officiating moving forward? Do you, you know, the, the Simmons call, there was, a, I think, a weak call on, I believe, Brody, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember exactly on who. Um, but there, there were a couple of calls that maybe wouldn't get called in playoffs past, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think especially like that Labushkin hook. The
1: Labushkin one, the, yes, my bad.
0: Yeah, it barely got his stick into the hands at all. Like just, again, stuff that you don't even really see called in the regular season. It just seems like the officials are on such high alert that they're, you know, they're trying to keep a, a lid on the game and keep things in check. And I think it's just gone a little too far in that direction so far. Yeah, You want to see some even strength hockey. What was it? Game one was almost half of the game was played on special teams. It really disrupts the flow and it's just not really a pleasant viewing experience. I mean, I want to see the obvious infractions called, but you got to let them play a little bit here.
1: Yeah. And I thought the speaking of flow, the flow of the first period, I thought was was really good. And I thought the Leafs actually came out with an excellent first period. We knew yeah. that the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning were going to come back from game one and have come out of the gate flying. But I thought the Leafs did a great job to weather the storm, even though they went down with that you know goal in the last two seconds of the period by Victor Hedman on the power play, which, again, is a story in this game. Um, I really thought that the Leafs came out with the right attitude and playing the right way, even though they went down in that period.
0: Yeah, you, you nailed it. Like The Lightning were going to come out hard right from the beginning. And I thought that the Leafs did well to weather that for the most part. In the first period, it's just really tough anytime that you you give up a late goal, you know, in the dying seconds of a period or even the opening seconds of a period, especially one off a bad bounce like that after playing a, a pretty solid period for the most part. It's just a really deflating thing to happen, and it's 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 tough to bounce back from. I thought that the Leafs kind of did bounce back well to begin the second period. Um, the game kind of I don't want to say flipped, but that opportunity that Lilligren had with the wide open net and Vasilevsky comes up with the big glove save and Tampa goes right down the ice and scores it's, it's those kind of plays that kind of they just flip the game in that instance you know it's a lot different story of Lilligren puts that one home and it's 1-1 all of a sudden and instead it's 2 nothing for Tampa so those are just little plays that, that they can dictate the outcome of a game
1: yeah 100% but it, you know something that I think you know, you were mentioning, I believe, when we were accidentally streaming without streaming earlier <laughs> <laughs> during our technical difficulties. Um, it's just the, the, the fact that even though Vasilevsky has you know, had a great game today, um, he hasn't been invincible. And I think yeah. that that's very important for the Leafs. And that's where that you know third period push, I think, great to take into game three, especially because it's going to be in Tampa. Like, these are some things that the Leafs build off of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders in the world, if not the best goaltender in the world. And you know his record over the last two playoff runs is pretty stellar. He hasn't lost back-to-back games in the last two playoff runs. So it was always going to be a tall order. But I I think that, you know, the the Leafs showed that he can be human. He's not not completely invincible, like you said. And and potting a few goals at the end there just to kind of make it close again and be able to carry that into Tampa, it's just a confidence builder. The fact that they know that they can beat this guy, they can put some pucks in the net against this team. Uh, We always talk about the demons in the Leafs' heads and things like that and how it, they often beat themselves. Uh, I think just a little thing like that, being able to pot a few late on Vasilevsky is something that can kind of mitigate those factors and, and maybe add some confidence heading into Game 3.
1: Okay, Nick, I have a question for you. What did you think of the play, or I should say non-play, of the Leafs' captain, Don Tavares?
0: Yeah, he's kind of been a bit of a ghost so far. I mean, it, it is early. It's only been two games. There's a a lot of series left. But I just think it was eerily reminiscent of some stretches we saw at a Tavares during the regular season where he just wasn't really impacting play or, or helping to tilt the ice for long stretches of time. Um, again, it's only been two games. Um, but I think the Leafs have gotten a lot of contributions from some of their depth guys, especially in the first game and Matthews and Marner have both been producing. Uh, I think Morgan Riley has played really well for the most part. Those are the guys you kind of identify as the core of this team. And I I think that most of those guys have kind of held up their end of the bargain for the most part through the first two games. Um, The the Leafs are going to need the captain to do the same. They need him to find a way to make an impact.
1: Yeah, 100%. The Leafs are going to need both of their top lines to start producing. So on that that thought, if you're Sheldon Keefe for Game 3, do you consider putting... William Nylander and John Tavares back together, opening.
0: Yeah, I definitely consider it. I, I, I do like the way that they've been able to kind of use Nylander on different lines, dropping him in as sort of a rover throughout the game. Um, but with the way that he's been skating early on and kind of the lack of impact that Tavares has been able to have, I think if you get Willie flying the way he is and you put him back up on Tavares's wing, it might be something that's able to kind of get Tavares going and just help the, the Tavares line hasn't really been able to generate any kind of sustained pressure. I think when Willie is at his best, he's kind of hounding pucks and turning it over a, along the boards on the forecheck and just kind of creating those second chance opportunities. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'd be looking into trying for game three.
1: We saw after the, the first game, game one, the Lightning, you know, they weren't necessarily giving, not that they weren't giving the Leafs a lot of credit, but I think that something that John Cooper was mentioning, lot is that the Lightning themselves did not play well enough in that game. Do you think Mm -hmm. that the storyline here is similar with um, and the Leafs, do you think be much better than what they showed?
0: I do. um, And I also think that with, again, we didn't get the result we wanted tonight. I think there was a lot of things that just kind of bounced the wrong way for the Leafs in game two. I still feel feel pretty good about the Leafs in this series. Uh, I think that they've been able to kind of chip away at what Tampa has been able to do to to go on a couple of long runs in the last couple of playoffs. I think, again, they've made Vasilevsky look sort of human, show that they're able to put up offense. Um, and most importantly, I think Matthews and Marner getting off the schneid early on and just putting up some points and shaking that narrative right off the get-go. I, I really think that's going to be crucial the rest of the way here.
1: Yeah, that Marner goal was t- today was... Th- essentially the same exact goal he scored yesterday, almost the same, the same move he had. Um, yeah. I was going to say, you know, Kyle Clifford was suspended one game. So if Sheldon Keefe wants to start him for game three, he is available. What yeah. do you think he should do? What, what would you do in that position? Do you, do you know, it, put Kyle Clifford in, maybe get a little bit of, you know, life. Toughness into the Leafs lineup for game three, especially, you know, it's going to be in Tampa Bay. That's that's another factor. You know, the Leafs have effectively kind of lost home ice here. So what do you think about putting Kyle Clifford back?
0: Uh, That's an interesting one, Um, you know, as as well as it worked out for the Leafs in the end in game (laughs) one. um, He put them in a really bad spot early on in that game. And I think he's kind of had a habit of doing that. You know, he's taken some bad penalties over the course of the season. But as Sheldon Keefe said, that fourth line has also been pretty good when Kyle Clifford's been in the lineup down the stretch of the season. Um, I think they really value what he's able to bring if he's able to tow that line appropriately. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sheldon Keefe give him another shot at at being that kind of energy, physical presence on the fourth line. But you've also got Jason Spezza waiting in the wings here. And I think, you know, after a game two loss like that, it – kind of provides Keefe an opportunity to get Spezza into the rotation here. He alluded to it earlier on that Spezza is going to factor in at some point here. Um I think that's going to be an interesting decision heading into game three. It, it's kind of going to depend a little bit on how comfortable Keefe is with the matchups on the road. I think uh, maybe you feel a little bit safer having Jason Spezza out there when you're, when you aren't able to control the matchups as much on the road. Um, but yeah, with the way that Simmons kind of got himself into some penalty trouble in this game, maybe not entirely through his own doing, I think the refs were a little bit hired on him. But still, it might be something that provides Keith an opportunity to get Clifford back in there and maybe find a way to get Spets in as well.
1: That's a great point about Spets, especially because you know against Montreal, he he was one of the Leafs' best players in that series. So I, I do wonder if he'll factor in. Um, you know, do we see him in Game Three or Game Four? I guess something else I wanted to t- ask you about is, you know, they're heading into Tampa now. What, what are your keys to the Leafs, you know, winning games three and four away from the SBA?
0: Again, I think the matchups are going to be important. Um, the one thing that the, the Leafs kind of have going for them is I think that they, they trust all, each of their top three lines, you know, to play those defensive minutes. So even if you aren't able to control getting David Camp out there against Tampa's top line, I think you still feel half decent about having Tavares or the Matthews line out there. Um, It's going to be about kind of not, I think the biggest thing is going to be not letting the games get away from them, kind of like game two did, where it turned into sort of a too little, too late thing. Uh, I think getting off to a good start in Tampa and trying to kind of take their crowd out of the game is going to be a big thing. We saw how important the the crowd support and reaction was for the Leafs in game one. Uh, they were just able to feed off of that. So I think if you're, if the Leafs are able to kind of take the wind out of the crowd's sales early on in Tampa, I think that's going to be a real key factor.
1: Yeah. One, 100%. I think with getting the crowd out of the game is so important as as Keith has mentioned multiple times in his press conferences, it really was a huge factor for the in Game One. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that they they will be building on. I, I really think a key for the Leafs going into Tampa is they really have to stay out of the box. Yeah, it's 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 a huge story here. The first two games, it's just penalty after penalties after penalty. Like you said, a lot of them have been undisciplined. You know, I know as Leaf fans, we kind of always just want to blame the refs, and you know, it, it feels like that in the moment. You you're angry, right? You don't want the Leafs yeah. to be in the box, especially against a power play like Tampa's. But I think that's a huge factor for the Leafs, and we know we do know that their penalty kill is good. But Tampa's power play is just so elite that it, it almost you just can't give them as many chances as the Leafs have given them.
0: Yeah, as good as the Leafs penalty kill is and was during the regular season, they they led the league in shorthanded goals, and they had a you know a solid penalty kill otherwise in terms of preventing goals against. And I believe there's still, you know, minus 40 something as far as goal differential while shorthanded. So even the best penalty kill in the league, if you give up too many power play opportunities, you're not going to come out on top. So, yeah, I totally agree. Staying out of the box is going to be a huge factor moving forward. We've seen it in the first two games of the series. It's, it's been basically decided by special teams both ways. So just kind of trying to stay mindful of that. And knowing that the refs are kind of whistle happy right now and, and just, you know, don't give them any easy ones to throw you in the box. Uh, I, I think that the, the, the refs are going to make their calls. It sure looks like they're, they're ready to, to be blowing on those whistles plenty during these games. So I don't think you need to give them any extra reasons to be putting you in the box here.
1: Yeah, and I, I do understand because I've, I've always felt like the Tampa Bay Lightning are a little bit of like a sneaky, dirty team almost. Yeah. Um, I, I have that opinion about Kucherov. We've seen yeah, that in, in past playoffs. So yeah. I, I, I do understand the refs, you know, kind of not wanting that to happen. It kind of, game two, I was kind of a little bit worried about this game turning into the Something similar to the Boston playoff game, game two that we yeah, played was, in, where Kadri got suspended, and that was an that entire fiasco. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was almost tilting in that direction. Um, and yeah. uh, nightmare flashbacks. To be honest, that's like the last thing we need. When Matthews, I think Matthews blocked a shot, and he was like, um, he like screamed, or he like visibly was in pain. I was also, no, we don't <laughs> oh, need God. this game to go in that direction. <laughs> Please, anything <Yeah>. but that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and kind of on the topic of Matthews, I think like he was noticeably physical in this game. And if that's something that he's able to maintain through the course of the series, it's just, you know, he's such a beast as it is. If he adds that to his game on a consistent basis, and we saw a lot more of that, you know, during the course of the season, I think him kind of imposing his physical will. But, you know, even that the first goal for the Leafs tonight, that all starts with a big hit by Matthews and a great effort to get the puck to Mitch. And he he just kept it up from there. He had another big hit later on. I think, you know, if Matthews and Marner are able to keep playing the way that they are and the Leafs get some contributions from their, you know, secondary pieces down the lineup, I, I still feel really good about the Leafs' chances in this series.
1: Yeah, and I absolutely love that goal. Matthews literally sacrificed himself himself on that play absolutely yeah it was like insane and then not to be forgotten Michael Bunting gets his first career playoff goal as well
0: yeah it was nice to have him back you know they were arguably the best line in hockey all season long and while he might not be playing at 100% I still think you know if it's 80% of Michael Bunting is still pretty good to have in the lineup with the way that he was able to play this year
1: Yeah. What do you think about the play of Timothy Lilligren? I've been kind of watching him trying to see like, you know, I know a storyline last year was Sandin, how his first playoffs went. Um, So I've been trying to pay attention to Lilligren and I think he's been quite good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, for the most part, Lilligren has really acquitted himself well, especially in some like pressure situations here. I think, you know, getting to what you were saying about Sandine, I think we saw last season, in the playoffs, there was a few instances where he struggled with the pressure of opposing four checks, you know, wasn't able to move the puck on time. And it just kind of ended up with the Leafs getting hemmed in and maybe giving up some goals. I think Lilligren has had a couple moments maybe where he's, you know, looked like a little panicky with the puck, but it hasn't, you know, he's been able to recover and for the most part, I think he's really handled himself well, really getting a lot of look on the penalty kill and, you know, in game one, it, it was very good. Maybe it wasn't quite as good uh, in game two, but I don't think you're going to put all of that on Lilligren either. You know, for a kid playing in his 1st uh, postseason NHL games, I, I think he's really handled himself well. And it, the importance of playing alongside Mark Giordano can't be understated.
1: Yeah. One definitely. Or I overstated.
0: Sorry. That, <laughs>
1: I I, I love that pairing down the stretch. I thought they were, they were amazing. And those two together in game one on the penalty kill were outstanding. I think they had an expected yeah. goals of like 65% in their favor. Obviously today yes. it wasn't, it wasn't as, as great as last game. Um, but I thought he's been excellent. And Kasha, I think had a quiet game, but mm-hmm. I think that's okay for, for, for Kasha, especially coming off the, you know, depression injury and you know all of that that's been happening I was honestly very surprised to even see him playing in this series to be honest with you
0: yeah I was actually going to ask you how surprised you were to see him get dropped into the game one lineup so after not surprised since, what was it March 19th or something was his last game he got one
1: practice his... in I think before it was very very surprising
0: yeah it was kind of a bold move on Keefe's part I think especially you know when you've got a guy like Jason Spetza who's sitting in the press box in that instance um I thought uh, Kasha looked a little bit tentative in game one, like at least early on after he got some puck touches and things like that. I thought he started getting into the game a little more. Uh, I didn't think he was as much of a factor in game two, and that's kind of where I look at maybe getting – if you're going to be putting Clifford in for Simmons perhaps, I think maybe Kasha might be the guy who comes out if you're looking to get Spetsa in. If you're already using Kasha on the fourth line, I think it's an easier decision to make. Um, But he did play – Uh, kind of significantly more minutes than his partners on the fourth line in Blackwell and Simmons during game two. You can use Kasha a little bit more on special teams and stuff. But with the, you know, the Leafs haven't gotten much out of that second power play unit. And I think that's a spot where Spezza could really maybe help turn things around a little bit. I know most of the power play minutes are going to end up going to that top unit in these situations. But you've got to have a kind of a backup weapon there. And uh, yeah, I've liked Kasha. Uh, I think Kasha at his best is a very useful player, but it, it's just a, it's a lot to ask him to ramp up in this short amount of time and be ready for you know consistent playoff intensity. I think.
1: Yeah, and I do wonder if maybe it's it's best if he sits maybe game three just to give him a little bit of a break, yeah. um, especially going into Tampa. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I think you know, I'm very I'm still very positive about the Leafs and. In- I don't think anybody expected this to be a sweep in either direction, really. No. We, we know both teams are, are, you know, top teams in the league. It was going to be a grind regardless. I think, I think what's maybe been a little bit surprising is just how kind of lopsided the scores have been for, you know, in, in both games, kind of until the end of this one as well. Um, yeah. It, at the beginning, I was predicting like a 3-2 win for the Leafs or something a little bit closer, but it's kind of been blowouts in both directions.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, that's just another thing that I think maybe the Leafs can kind of take a little bit of solace in is they really put the the gears to Tampa in Game One, and while Tampa came out and gave them a really good push in Game Two, and ultimately you know took the game over and won it, I think that the way that the Leafs were able to respond again, getting back to that that late push and just kind of able to salvage some of that momentum, I I don't think that that can be overlooked heading into game three, just the fact that they were able to kind of get their feet back under them late in the game. The game didn't totally run away and turn ugly on them. Again, the five, one score may have been a little more indicative of how the the game actually went, but nonetheless, you know, making it five, three in that late push, I I really think is something that the Leafs are going to be able to carry forward.
1: What do you think about the play of Jack Campbell? Um, you know, obviously he has a tall task against Andre Vasilevsky. Um, Shout out in game one. Let's in five goals today. What did you think?
0: Um, I I thought he was really solid in game one. Um, I I really think the Leafs did a great job of kind of limiting his workload and making life a little bit easier on him. And and again, Tampa was not the Tampa that we've come to know during game one. So uh, um, Jack was as solid as you could ask for in game one. Uh, Game two, you know, I think if you asked him, there's probably a couple he'd like to have back but I don't really think that there was any egregiously ugly goals on his part in this one Um, I
1: think the first one just his positioning the way he jumps in the opposite direction when I first saw that I was like Doc where are you what are you doing why are you going in the opposite (laughs) direction on that play
0: yeah that was definitely an awkward looking one i think uh he was probably he bit definitely on that fireside fake by headman and when you've got <laughs> yeah. a guy who's like six foot six standing two feet away from you in front of the net but he can kind of drag the puck one way or the other across his body and and beat you i think jack was kind of on an island there um you'd like to see him stay a little more square to the shooter but again when you he's all alone with victor headman in yeah. front i get that's a, a tall ask <laughs>
1: yeah and the thing is is the Leafs don't necessarily need Jack Campbell to you know be as good as Andre Vasilevsky because that is going to be incredibly difficult. I think what they need for him, from him is to make timely saves at the you know yeah. saves at the right time. Um, I think maybe one that where he didn't do that is when Lilligren has that chance on Vasilevsky and then the lightning come down and score right right away right after so I think maybe that was one where you would have liked him stop that
0: um yeah that goaltending is the difference right like one guy makes a a potentially game saving save at one end and Campbell isn't able to answer the bell at the other end again it's a tough ask on a breakaway but it's definitely one you'd like to see him have and kind of keep the Leafs with the momentum there
1: yeah okay so Nick Leafs
0: in I'm sticking with it Leafs in six
1: Leafs and six. Bless you for not doing Leafs and Seven. My heart cannot take a game seven, another like elimination. I, I can't, I simply cannot do it with the Leafs.
0: And it's I, not I, even not that even I don't
1: trust them. no, it is true. <laughs> I just don't trust them. That's that's actually. Yeah, what it I'm is. not even been allowing myself to <laughs> no. contemplate
0: another game seven right now. You know, if it comes to it, I'm sure I'll talk myself into being confident again just because yeah. that's what we do as Leafs fans. Um, despite, you know, everything <laughs> to going to the contrary in years past. But uh, yeah it's I'm not ready to contemplate a Game 7, so I'm sticking with Leafs and 6.
1: <laughs> yeah, Leafs and 6 for both of our health. And the health, I think, of all of Leaf Nation. I don't think anybody wants a yeah. Game 7. Um, <laughs> so the Leafs need to pull some, some wins in Tampa Bay here. Um, we'll look to Game 3 and Game 4 and see if they can pull it off. Nick, thank you so much for, for joining me today and recapping this um, Leafs Game 2. Tell the listeners and the watchers where they can catch you, where they can follow you.
0: Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Nick Richard. Um, I write at the Leafs Nation. Uh, I've been doing some scouting with Dauber Prospects for the last couple of years. And I, I co-host a, another Leafs podcast called Lamenting the Leafs. So check all that out if you're looking to hear more from me. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. It was fun. Hopefully thanks so much. Hopefully we get do this for a Leafs win soon.
1: <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully the next one is a win, everyone. Thank